It's here, the first Ghostbusters interdimensional cross-rip t-shirt, featuring front art by Dapper Dan Shonen. Wear your support for the podcast with pride. Proceeds from sales will go to keeping the lights on and not to putting beer in our stomachs. Men's and women's styles are available. Visit GhostbustersHQ.net slash shop to buy yours today. I like that shirt, friend. The way I look at it, playoff baseball is only great if it goes to the very last game. I'm very happy you've let it go to five. That's unbelievably generous of you. Now, Washington, D.C., I got some drives from Washington, and not the ordinary ones that people think. I just think it's a little on the boring side. It's a good place to go sleep. If you want to get some good napping in. Washington and the National Portrait Gallery and the Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam Memorial and then sleep. That's pretty much it in that town. Toys.net presents the Ghostbusters Interdimensional Crossroad, the biggest podcast since 1909. So free. News, interviews, and commentary on everything Ghostbusters. Are you the key master? Here are your hosts, Troy Benjamin and Chris Stewart. I think these people are completely nuts. Woo! Nerds will be the death of us all. <laughs> I say that as co-host as, yeah, of a Ghostbusters here, podcast. Here there's a Ghostbusters will be those podcast. Podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least you got to see none, the movie. none of that is a lead in. Uh, none no. of that is a good lead. No. You can't use a can't. single bit of it. <laughs> Salt another seed. Another conversation. Gonna, we'll go from we're there. Gonna come, we're gonna come in right here. <laughs> we're just gonna be like, holy <laughs> shit! We're we're 28 minutes what into no Ghostbuster. No. Yeah. Uh, well, we can we can segue we can segue into it because I did want to talk about uh, Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live and uh, the hubbub that has arisen from uh, Gal Gadot. I, I've always said Gal Gadot, but I think it's Gadot, and it's just it's it's a revelation. Having to yeah. pronounce the T at the end of that is like uh, <laughs> well, because it's not it's not a French name, right? Exactly, because she's Israeli. You think it's a French so, name, but it's not. Yeah. And the other thing is, this gal is pronounced differently too. I've heard I think people it's gall, say, yeah, or something. Gall, yeah. I've even heard people hit the a like it's it's uh, about you know Gail Gail Goodell. Uh, interesting, but but, but anyway, there's no there's no anyways. It's I, I mean she seems good natured about it because I think everybody yeah. mispronounces her name. So she's like whatever, now, I'll take it. It's I've on, I've only seen I've only seen the the animated gifs that immediately popped up. Oh, I mean it was the Holtzman fans. Yeah, the everyone. Holtzman army loved it, man. <laughs> I mean it was. So, and the funny thing is, so we're talking about, of course, there was a sketch uh, that was a Wonder, Wonder Woman sketch where uh, these two <laughs> these two lesbians land on the island, and the joke is that you know you guys are you're all gay, right? Like, I mean, come on, <laughs> you're all you're all warrior women, and this is and but they're not. Uh, so it all ends in a kiss to see if. Uh, Wonder Woman is gay. It's it's such a right. it's such a funny premise, and I think it's all just a setup for Kate McKinnon to kiss Gal Gadot, <laughs> which is even funnier because in Weekend Update, since you didn't see it, there's uh, Pete Davidson did one of his sort of commentaries where he talks about how am I still on this show? How have they not fired me? Because I'm never in any sketches. Everything I write never makes air. The only thing I ever do is these Weekend Update bits where I show up and all I do is talk about stupid stuff. Uh, but then he said, and I've written all these sketches where I just try to kiss the host and nobody lets them through to air. <laughs> and then, of course, 
later on here's uh, Kate kissing Gal um, but yeah it, uh, it it raised quite the stir uh, and uh, yeah well I mean I've seen the kiss so it's kind of the question is and I know the answer because it was a few months back was it Kate's birthday or something because oh maybe because uh, Gal really uh, put herself into that <laughs> she, really she, she leaned in let's put it that way and I, <laughs> in both senses Oh, Metaphorically man. and literally, it was. I mean, it was that. That was a that was a passionate kiss, uh, and and you can hear because it goes on for just long enough that the audience mm-hmm. they do their little like Saved by the Bell thing, but then it just kind of gets so heated, and you're like, oh my god, this is still happening. You can hear everybody like the, yeah, the you- laughter and. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so the good. nervous giggles and and then of course and she it, she lands it, it with her nope felt nothing immediately afterward like the comedic timing on that was <laughs> was pretty great yeah you can kind of see in Kate's eyes too that wow this is going better than I imagined <laughs> I love my job uh, that's, yeah hey. it's a good night for Kate McKinnon but uh, so anyway uh, so I thought I thought we should at least talk about that because that that seems to be what yeah. set the internet on fire uh, this past week but. Is it is it is it officially Holtzman's Army? I I call him Holtzman's Army. Holtzman's Army is one of my favorite uh, uh, Twitter accounts uh, for the fans. But oh, that's true. Yeah, I, I've seen you know Holtzman's Army, Holtz heads, uh, Holtz heads. There's a, there's a lot of Holtzman fans out there, which uh, right rightfully H- so. H wax, uh, <laughs> Holtzman's Women's Army Corps. Hol- I don't know. That's that's pretty good. Women's Army Corps. I like that. Uh, but anyway, so um, hope hope everybody out there enjoyed it. I certainly did. I had tears in my. That was a great episode. I had tears in my eyes a lot of times, uh, and and yeah. a great tribute to uh, t- Tom Petty at the beginning, and just just a solid episode all around. But uh, you can see why Kate McKinnon won an Emmy. I guess is what I'm saying. That's there you go. That's where I'm getting at. And uh, yeah, <laughs> that's well, yeah. That's uh, that's some a spicy uh, meme gif. <laughs> material for years to come <laughs> exactly exactly but uh all right well let's get into the the meat of the ghostbusters chat <laughs> being the, oh oh oh, oh. 30. before you get going oh. i also saw a long shot too where they had and correct me if i'm wrong because again i'm looking at tiny little twitter things didn't they have uh leslie jones as one of the the amazons yes 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 I, they, yeah. yeah she okay. was because also yeah <laughs> yeah, she's an Amazon. <laughs> you kind of forget about it when she's wandering around in like a you know leather jacket and jeans and all that. But she's yeah, she's they, super tall. Yeah, they, the minute they, they you know they slap the armor on there, I'm like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Well, she shows Actually, up in the cold it, open or in the monologue. Yeah. I mean, in a in a Wonder Woman costume too. But uh, yeah, <laughs> it uh, makes me think of uh, the actual Wonder Woman movie where they had a real uh, spectrum physical spectrum of of women playing the amazons well, and I was like, yeah Les- I mean, leslie should have been in there yeah robin wright uh who is ripped i mean she was like uh yep. in crazy shape but yeah robin wright um what's her name is her mom you know they had the, and they had the you know the the wayfish friends and all that sort of thing too and then they had they had some some real warrior uh yeah. builds in there as well Jones should have been in there. Yeah. Totally. Uh, Leslie Jones should be in Sequel. every movie. <gasps> Sequel. Sequel. Yeah, oh. there you go. Put her in Justice League. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I was about to say, there is a Amazon fights. Get her in there, man. Yeah, there we go. She'd do it. She'd love it. She would love it. 
but starts here. So somebody start a petition. We'll sign it. <laughs> Leslie Jones in all the movies. Sign that petition. <laughs> Change.org. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Let's get into Ghostbusters news because it's been like mm. it's been like a half hour. Here. Oh fine. Hey guys, Peter. I have some news from the world of Gozer. I got some pretty cool stuff cooking up over here. If you want to turn your head. Multiplanar curly and emanation. Now, well, here's your next month's cover of GQ. Check out the aura on this sucker. All right, let's start. Uh, let's start with the cemetery screening, Chris. Oh God, let's start. Let's start. For the love of God, uh, let's start. What's the counter at? My, I recorded. I don't know, 20 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. But um, I got 35 minutes. I say that as the guy. It's completely my fault, too. <laughs> That's all right. I'm the guy who I'm going to tell myself that it was a, it was warm up. It was warm no, up. Yeah, nobody's going to be went well. Be, no, see, warm up would have been I'd let you speak. No. I think I complained <laughs> for like 20 minutes solid there. We'll, I'm pretty sure. We'll, rec- we'll put that as an outtake somewhere uh, on lines. But. Uh, <laughs> Your your warm up was a lemon face, lion face. Lemon. Mm, your warm up ah. was, uh huh, yeah, uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. oh, <laughs> work is hard. Work, yes. Mm. Naps. Isn't that right, Mister Scream? Uh, all right. Well, let's talk about the Hollywood right. Forever screening because this was uh, we had talked about it a few weeks ago. Um, yep. you know, c- cemetery screenings, they had, uh, there was a debate. I don't know that it was, it, it was even a debate. It was just a few people that were upset about one that was happening. And I think it was Minnesota at this point. I can't remember where the location yeah. was, but it, it was a regional discussion depending yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. And, and our argument was, okay, maybe it's a little more acceptable in Hollywood where you're at the Hollywood forever cemetery, uh, where it's, it's more commonplace to be doing those movie screenings and you've got celebrities around you, uh, in, in their plots of land, uh, and we said, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense. That that seems more uh, appropriate. Cut to uh, Cinespia uh, announcing that their Halloween movie was going to be Ghostbusters, which was last weekend. And uh, it was huge. It was a fun night. I mean, it ends up being like a rock concert there because they had so many people. And just, you know, they, they end up projecting the movie onto the side of a building. I think it's one of the mausoleums. And you're on a lawn. You're not disturbing any grave sites. It's all very respectful. Um, but it, there were so many people, I mean, my wife and I were trying to figure out how many people were there and I ballparked maybe five, 600. And she's like, do you think there were a thousand? I thought, Oh, maybe. I mean, there certainly seemed like there were that many people, but, uh, it was, it was huge. Southland guys were there. The Hollywood guys were there. They had some great photo ops because, uh, ghost core was kind enough to, uh, drag the original Ecto out, uh, for, for a photo op. So it was out there. And so it was an inflatable stay puffed. Uh, nice. the, the DJ was wearing one of the inflatable stay puffed suits. So it was cool to see the DJ <laughs> like, yeah, Sorry. bringing it back. Good callback. <laughs> uh, but just watching the stay puff marshmallow man getting hyped up and jumping up and down to his own mix was uh, a lot of fun. <laughs> I was about to say, I kind of wish I had, I, there's video to, to see this. There, there is, uh, the friend that is I there? went with, she, she got some really great video of, you know, DJ stay puffed. Uh, so I'll have to, I'll I have to see if I can steal it from her and share it with everybody. But, oh yes. Um, that's gotta go viral. Gotta go viral. But it's, it's just a great night. It's always great to see that movie with a crowd, especially a huge crowd like that because nobody dubsteps in my town. <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> Ball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, it, the reactions that people gave, the laughs, the kind of little like titters and, and, you know, everybody that was anticipating certain things happening. There were cheers every time a new character came out. There were cheers when Slimer appeared. It was... Yeah. It was awesome. Like I said, it was it was like being at a rock concert and the band that you're there to see is playing all of their greatest hits. You know, everybody's singing along and having a great time. So, yeah, uh, that that was a lot of fun. And I think for all of the naysayers out there uh, in 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 the regional areas that we talked about that are opposed to these cemetery screenings, I really think that they should look at this as as what it is, because it was just a great time. Everybody was really respectful and and just enjoyed their time there. And that's I think that's the that's the template that's the boilerplate that everybody should be using. So yeah, glad glad that I was able to be there and be a part of it. Wish wish you could have been there, Chris. It, it was a little short notice. We didn't know that it was happening until about a week beforehand. <laughs> but yes, and and as much as I love the movie, and as much as I would have loved to have seen it there, not <laughs> not quite not worth a trip down from Vancouver. The, yeah, no, no, yeah. No. But uh, but no, it looked it looked like a good time. Yeah, good good time had by, had all. by all. A lot of lot of good photo ops. So um, wish wish everybody could have been there. Honestly, uh, let's talk IDW. There is uh, some good news. We can confirm that answer the call number one will hit shelves on the twenty fifth. That's next week. Uh, last week we, we kind of were waffling. We didn't know what the official release date was, and of course, right after we recorded, that's when they announced. Oh yeah, it's the twenty fifth. So. Uh, get ready. Issue number one is uh, on the way. Um, also, a little bit of a confusing thing: uh, the the interdimensional crossrip hardcover, which collects the 2015 annual, the Get Real miniseries, and GB International. Um, it's on Amazon for release on the 31st on Halloween Day, uh, but it's out. It's out now. If you go to your local comic shop, it it came out yeah. this past Wednesday. Um, so I don't know if that was always planned. Maybe the retailers like Amazon and the big box stores get it a little bit later. And that way IDW and local comic shops can sell it a few weeks uh, sooner. I'm not, not sure how that worked out, but it is kind of a nice touch if they actually did that deliberately. I kind of hope they did. Those big hardcovers are actually kind of part of a you know, integral part of the new sales model of comic local comic shops. Oh yeah. So if Amazon gets to under and they do like Amazon gets a better price point just because of the the amount they buy. If they can if they can undercut the local guys, um, yeah, that's not good. So I kind of like that. Yeah, they got first crack, and then I guess by that count, it means three weeks later. Um, yeah, that's a solid three week exclusivity for your local comic yeah. shop. That's even enough time for them to bring one in day of it sells somebody goes ah they put in an order and they'll get it the next week or two even yeah so, they'll still get it before that street date on on amazon the, yeah. yeah so so i applaud that if that was by design i applaud that because yeah well, I, I, don't get me wrong i love amazon but i like my local comic shop this is very true <laughs> in, for different reasons in different ways and the local comic shops are hurting we we talk about it quite frequently on the show um so if you can support them you know please do i mean there's also a part of me that wants to order it directly from the idw website because you can do that now they've got their online store just to to show them the direct sales to give them that number where they see another tally where oh yeah these hardcovers are selling uh, let's let's keep yeah. doing some more I, I well I mean all it does is Eric Burnham wastes it on bubble gum and comic books so <laughs> um, 
I mean, I don't think they've ever ha- not been able to keep track of their numbers. I think I prefer in the middle, like keeping the local. Because at the end of the day, if the local comic shop dies, IDW suffers to a right. certain degree. So yeah, they lose all uh, of their output. Yeah, yeah. Let let them. They got their tracking. That's okay. But yeah, uh, yeah I'll buy it from the local guy. Jump jump down uh, to your local comic shop if you're going this Wednesday to get new comics. Uh, pick up the hardcover. Yeah. Then do it um, and uh, look for answer the call on the 25th. We'll we'll talk about it when it comes out as well. Uh, Loot Crate, Loot Crate, we talked about a lot last week because they had some New York Comic Con exclusives, and that's right. You and I kind of speculated. I wonder if some of these are going to be in the boxes, and sure enough, yes, they are. Yes, uh, they are. The the folks at Loot Crate were kind enough to uh, send us some details and maybe some stuff to give away to you guys. Fingers maybe crossed, possibly. Maybe fingers crossed, possibly. Um, yep. So uh, we do have some some news to share with you guys. Now you'd need to hurry because as you listen to this, if you're listening listening to this on Monday when it airs, these sales will end on the 19th because it's loot crate. Yeah. They cut it off mid month so that you you know you snooze you lose. So uh, if you're listening to this and you don't have an order in and you want any of these things pause this go order then come back uh make sure that you get it but so they've got exclusive apparel we talked about the windbreaker pretty in depth yep. um and it's part of their loot wear for 14.99 it's a little confusing on their website you do need to sign up for a subscription and just sign up for either the uh the i think they call it apparel uh socks and then i think there's shirts or something like that i forget how they break it down but it can get a little confusing, so uh, if you have any questions, they have customer service. You can ask them, but that looks awesome. It's only 15 bucks, and it looks really cool. They also have Ghostbusters socks that have uh, ectoplasm, no ghost logos, plus a little bit of caution striping for our friends that love the caution striping out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, $9.99. Then they also have a Ghostbusters-themed T-shirt. This looks like one of those logos that the designer who's been... Um, putting all of the logos uh, for Ghost Core that they put on their uh, Facebook page. Uh, looks like somebody something that he has designed. Uh, very cool, no Ghost logo shirt. Uh, that's $15.99. Um, oh, and actually, I guess that's in the crate. They're saying that that's in the Loot Crate. But uh, And then if you purchase the Loot Crate DX, which is uh, $47.99, which comes with some Stranger Things materials and some Marvel stuff, you will get that karate puffed figure that was at the New York Comic Con. It's a little bit different. It's not, uh, I guess the New York Comic Con one is clear and this one is the normal white, uh, you know, uh, there was a little bit of a, this one's fully opaque where there was some transparency to the one at New York Comic Con. So that that's in the DX box. Then they also have stuff for your pets. They've got a proton <laughs> pack t-shirt this for your dog. This is the one dog. that made me, made me laugh. Yeah, uh, it's... Well, well, there's three items for your pets and all three of them. I wish I had a dog because I would outfit my poor dog with all three of them. So there's the proton pack t-shirt, which you put on the dog and it looks like they've got the proton pack on their back. Very funny. Then they have a caution stripe collar again for our caution striping fans out there. Uh, that's, that's a really cool item. Then there is a Slimer collar light that can go on your dog or your cat uh, that glows in the dark. You can clip it on your dog for when you go on a nighttime walk. Uh, it's it's very funny. So see, I I need I need to interject here and point out that you keep saying for your small dog or cat or tiny <laughs> child, tiny that small work human. Too. Do I need to? I, I think it's I think it's illegal to put a collar on a small child, isn't it? No, it's it's illegal to put a leash around the oh, neck of a small right. child. Okay, yeah. 
Although you go to Disneyland and all the kids have leashes on, and you're just a really bizarre well, those, sight those, to see. Those are harness leashes. Heart of so harness. Different. It does look like they're walking their kid, though. It's it's funny. <laughs> I've never used one, but I always like the idea that if they get out of, uh, uh, you could literally just sort of pick it up, you know, Terminator Two style, <laughs> the child in the the coveralls, just, <laughs> just sort of hold the kid in front of you awkwardly, and yeah. Let them run in place until they you know, pass out. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, so this uh, is the pet stuff was the stuff that really. I mean, we got details on the you know the the loot wear and the loot crate. Yeah, we kind of already knew about that. Yeah, a little bit more details on the DX, like the super the premium one. Yes. You know, oh the, man! If you don't want to buy a crate with the plebeians, <laughs> you can go buy yourself the super crate. But the pet one, I I mean, I should have guessed they did pet stuff, but the pet yeah. one made me really made me. Laugh. That <laughs> it made it me is laugh. pretty. That funny. one's really awesome. It's pretty funny. And, and I'm glad because I really wanted that Karate Kid uh, mashup that we talked about last week. And it's in the DX crate. I signed up for the DX crate blindly because I thought Stranger Things, Ghostbusters, I can't lose. Whatever's in there, I'm going to buy it. So uh, there you go. I've got one of those coming to me. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. You'll get what's coming to you. <laughs> what? In more Pardon? ways than one. Well, if I put a collar on a baby, I definitely will. <laughs> uh, you'll so. get your day in court. <laughs> what? <laughs> you. Your honor. You'll see. Uh, Objection. <laughs> so speaking of wearables, our good friend Chad at Ghostbusters.net, he has done what you have threatened to do for a long time, Chris. No, 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 no. What I what I insisted somebody should do, and it would never be me. Oh, okay. Because I, I, I have neither the time nor the talent. <laughs> All right, I appreciate Why, the correction. Why, if I wasn't so lazy, I'd have done it I'd myself. I'd have done it myself. But, but Chad, you are lazy. Oh, don't get me started. Well, he he did it for you. He did um, it. And yep. it's, Chad's got the skills. Chad's it's, yeah, he's a programming. He's been pro- web programming for... I guess technically back to the original. It's just that yeah. he kept his skills up. I topped out at like basic CSS and he just kept going. I, so. Yeah, I topped out at when my members.aol.com address <laughs> capped out. But uh, so anyway, so Chad at Ghostbusters.net, he's created an aggregate that pulls from Amazon and Hot Topic and Sears and JCPenney and all of the places that are selling all of this cool Ghostbusters gear puts it all in one place and so if you want to go uh window shopping uh, on a computer window yeah. you can look at anything and everything that is up for grabs uh including clothes books collectibles toys uh dvds you name it it's basically the stop that you need to go to for shopping yeah. ghostbusters and i saw a lot of items that i didn't know were out there thanks to what he's doing so yeah exactly i was surprised myself yeah kids kids t-shirts uh there's a lot that are being sold through like macy's that i didn't know uh, had any items still so um it's it's worth taking a look because there's there's some really good items both for yourself for your kids nothing for your pets i don't think i saw anything for pets on there but uh, lots of cool stuff. So go check it out. Uh, Chad, you know, ghostbusters.net has been around a long time. I think he was there f- from the 95, 96, along with all of us. So, uh, it's been, been around, uh, the message board and everything kind of closed down as all of the message boards have, except for uh, GB fans. And, uh, he's, he's slowly breathing life back into that website. So it's, it's worth going to take a look and, doing some shopping because there's a chance you will find something there that you did not know existed, which is the case with me. Uh, what else? Oh, Saturday. Did it's, you, it's, it's going to become super handy when we do the uh, Christmas, uh, the Ghostbusters <laughs> shopping network this year. Yes. I'll tell you that much. So page two on ghostbusters.net shows. 
That's how it. It'll be like the uh, Sears catalog. That's how we'll do it. Uh, there we go. Actually, I, I'll do it this year. I'll do it as a read-along book. I'll just find some good backing music. And turn I'll be the like, page. All right. When you yeah, time to turn the page. All right, page two. Oh, oh yeah, man. Look, it's a dog outfit. That's what we need to do. Some more like audio books with uh, you know, turn the, at the sound of the chime. Turn the page. Uh, anyway, uh, when, when it's time to turn the page, R2-D2 will beep like this. <laughs> hey, boo, boo, boo. <laughs> uh, that was wow. close. Wow. I had it. The world's worst soundboard right there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you get what you pay for on the cross rip here. Oh, you'll get what you pay for. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. We're, we're, Saturday morning going. rewind. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> Uh, have you listened to this podcast with Laura Summer yet? I haven't had a chance to listen to it. What? Uh, well, shout out to, I believe it was Stingray. Stingray. The, the man who's always got his nose He's in everywhere. the places that I don't, it seems, uh, alerted me to this, hey, this podcast is kind of amazing. The, the, the guests this guy gets on to- Is it like, all really? Saturday morning voice actors or is it just creatives yeah. that run cartoons or what's, what's the premise? Uh, Ed Asner, Jim Cummings. What? Like it's just- like yeah, oh I'm God. like oh um, I haven't listened to it yet. Morris LaMarche is in there in the mix, and I haven't even made it to the beginning. They're short. He's got a uh, he sp- went with a half an hour format, uh, which is not bad because I guess he's talking to a lot of people that he doesn't really know. So it's you know a half an hour is a good way to keep it tight in in, in a in a nice. So it's not a long talk with uh, Laura Summer, and it's not all Ghostbusters, but. Um, it's a good way to get to know her because she's a bit of a mystery. I mean we've seen so much of Morris LaMarche over the years, uh, you know, due to the popularity of, you know, Futurama work and uh, Pinky in the the Brain, brain. stuff like that. Uh, We know Arsenio Hall from all this sort of thing. She's, you know, she's she's been doing it forever, but we don't, you know, it's kind of, we don't know much about her. So she talked uh, quite a bit, you know, about, uh, I think her mom was from Brooklyn. I think she said she was raised Ah. in Queens. So, for example, Janine, is her basically channel, channeling bits of her mom. <laughs> her mom, mom. Has, yeah, basically has that accent sort of thing. <laughs> and then, yeah, signs off with a little bit of, of Janine and all that. Oh, so it's, cool. it's well worth it. If you're an RGB fan, yeah. And she's, I mean, there's two two Janines, and I think for a lot of people, she was the first one, and I think yeah. everybody likes her, considers her the favorite. So Yeah, that's uh, uh, it's the Dave Coulier, Lorenzo music uh, debate. Um, Lorenzo's always got a no, soft place no in my way, heart. Slimer. <laughs> Oh, Dave. I love you to death, but I'm not sure. He's just doing his uh, Bill Murray impression the entire time. Bill Murray impression. Uh, okay, you guys. Dave. Anyway, so go check out Saturday Morning Rewind. It sounds Slimer. like a podcast. <laughs> that, that I'm going to work on that good. one. Slimer. Yeah, I'm almost there. His sing-songy Slimer. way that he always said it. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Yeah, go go check that out. It's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to dive into it. And apparently for the rest of the podcast, it's... Uh, I'm, Surprised I didn't know about it it's, before. Yeah, it's a new subscription for me because there's, oh man, there's so much in the, Ed Asner alone. I've heard him in a couple of places. I got to hear more Ed Asner. Oh man, he's so, so old and cranky and I love it. He just I, I tells know. it like it is. Old and cranky and liberal. That's the best part. Oh man. He, you've heard a lot of cranky, uh, you know, get off my lawn, uh, <laughs> old men, but it's so rare, you know, uh, uh, cranky old give them marriage rights you know yeah. you kids sort of oh man like, that kind of cranky old man he was so, so. great we we interviewed him for the roots dvd when i worked on that we did the documentaries and he came right. in we interviewed him at the roosevelt hotel there on hollywood boulevard and 
you know, about midway through his interview, he stops and he's like, we about through here. I got to go have a smoke. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah. Just and, doesn't care. And the only way like Lou Grant could say, but, uh, so yeah, so go, go check that out guys. Um, all right, real quick, stranger things starting October 27. There's, there's a funny, there's a funny ad up here. Um, our one of our major uh, cable providers up here has uh, they're fa- they're a little behind the curve, but they to stay on top they uh, lifted from Apple TV and their remotes have the the talk function. You yes, yeah. Talk. So they got an ad about uh, oh yeah, did you hear about the stranger? You know, the legend of the Stranger Things. And if you say Stranger Things three times, uh, it'll appear. And his son's like Stranger Things, Stranger Things, Stranger Things. The legends are true. Are you gonna tell them you were using the remote? Eventually, you know, it was a good one. But anyways, I got the song stuck. I've been back listening to the soundtrack. So good. Both volumes are so good. I'm sorry. Anyways, no. You do your one because I saw your rundown, and there's 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 more than just this one. But I haven't seen yours, and I suspect you haven't seen mine necessarily. So you do yours, and then I'll share mine. Okay. Well, so the 1984 ad that popped up on social media, they do sort of a dossier on 1984. It's, it's a little bit of a catch up on the first season so that you kind of know what's going on. But then they're also setting the stage for, you know, new Coke and Ronald Reagan. And there's flashes of all of the imagery like gremlins and. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this one now. Yeah. Yeah. It's when you're, it's, when you're it sounded my my brain conflated your write up as to those. Like, for some reason, it was reminiscent of the Slimer cereal commercials oh, in my head. Oh, no, like, no, no, no. I didn't no. see that oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, this is just, yeah. it's like a slideshow, basically. You know, it's one of those things where you're scrolling through your timeline on Twitter and you see it pop yeah. up or, or Instagram and it just starts auto playing. But yeah, so, Slime, so Slimer, Slimer was in there. An, Slimer was an inside job. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Conspiracy theories begin. Uh, but so there's, there was that. And then at the same time, I don't know, probably about the day after they released a clip where the kids are trick or treating as Ghostbusters. I, I haven't watched it yet. I'm really trying to stay spoiler free, especially after that, that last trailer. Seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and we've seen the images of them trick or treating in their costumes. We know that uh, Dustin and, and all of those guys are really big Ghostbusters fans. So, uh, I, I just I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, especially with it. It's so close. It comes out on the 27th. I just want to watch it. Yeah. Cold and watch everything, but I I just there's gonna there's gonna be those Ghostbusters feels, man. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so ready for it. Well, somebody noticed they this week they released the mobile app game for Stranger Things too. Oh, the the like eight bit game, the eight bit style yeah, game. Yeah, and then the, at one that. point, the uh, is it Hopper? Yeah, the, yeah, the police the, guy, the sheriff, the sheriff. Yeah, police uh, guy. At one point, he actually has a you know one of the talking head, the old style, uh, you know, eight uh, bit po- like talking dialogue head box. Yeah, yeah, uh, where he says, "Who are you going to call?" <laughs> so, <laughs> so call Hopper. So, there's a there's a little there's a little uh, nod in there. So, oh, that's uh, funny. I, I I've wanted to play that as well. It's just I'm, I'm so, I need time. I'm about to have a baby. I'm not gonna have any time. <laughs> uh, actually, that's not true. Because uh, if the game is decently playable with one hand, oh, that's true. Th- there'll there'll be a lot I mean, of cuddling with yeah, somebody, getting somebody to sleep in your arms, and yeah. Oh wait, spoiler I watched, alert. Have I said on? I don't think I've said on the air. Well, now you guys oh. all know. I'm I'm gonna be a dad. I don't think I've told anybody yet on the. <laughs> And that's why he's that's why he's uh, buying the loot pet 
uh, and that's, the, that's yeah. the loot pet. Uh, the collar on the baby, and now it all makes sense to you. Okay. Anyway. I'm sorry. I, I guess technically that's my fault. I didn't. You can cut this out. No, that no, that's that's okay. I just real I okay. just realized we hadn't talked about it on the air, but now we have, I, and so there it is. I watched the entire uh, Rockford Files series, snuggling with my my son oh. he, in the middle of the night when he couldn't sleep. Oh, so. that's a great idea. I did make sure that we've got a TV next to the the rocking chair so that uh, yeah, stra- Stranger Things <laughs> traumatized the poor baby with images of Stranger Things and the upside down. But <laughs> yeah, I actually. <clears throat> this was relatively early days for Netflix in Canada, uh, at least the streaming service. And uh, what I liked was that it was filled with the old uh, television shows. They don't do that as much now. But back then, I could watch the bulk of you know Rockford Files and all that. It was awesome. Now they've kind of pared that out. I don't know that you quite have that. Yeah. But well, hey, there's uh, lots well, of good binge watching. Yeah, uh, is including Stranger com- Things. Buying you the complete series of uh, Simon and Simon on DVD <laughs> is that a baby shower? Is that an acceptable baby shower <laughs> I, gift? I think so, and it would raise so All many right. eyebrows that people would be like, Simon and Simon. Anyway, I love how we've turned the podcast in just a sing along. I think Our it's indicative how we're getting more and more tired. I think that's true. Like, I think that's true. Oh, you you need your Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving didn't give me much rest. Was, your yeah, Thanksgiving the, is coming yeah, happy up. Happy belated Thanksgiving. That was just happened oh, thank uh, you. on Monday. And uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we both need a break. We'd need a break. We need a break. But we'll keep <laughs> things moving. Uh, so really quick, Prop Store had an auction, actually two auctions, where they were auctioning off some of Stephen Dane's sketches of the Ecto-1A from Ghostbusters 2. Um, I, I had seen these before, but I had never seen them up for sale like this before. And just really cool stuff. You know, the Ecto-1, which they were trying to explore, what would the Ecto-2 be? And they, yeah. uh, and not 2B, but you know what I mean. Uh, but so they explored having a, a trailer attached to the original Ecto. Maybe that would be the quote-unquote Ecto-2. Um, they talked about a, a whole new car. It looked like maybe a Yugo or a Mini Cooper or something was going to be an Ectomobile. Um, just really, really cool stuff. Both of them, I believe have sold. I haven't checked the second auction yet, but at the first one sold pretty fast. It was just up, up for, up for sale. Basically. I don't even think it was an auction. It was just buy it now. Um, but for those of you who like to save images, like I do, you can download them from their website and then you can have those <laughs> and you can look at them and you can pour over them as much as you want. They're watermarked of course, but it's uh, still still cool to have. So uh, check those out. They're a lot cheaper than the uh, Venkman jumpsuits were, if anybody is wondering. So that makes them only sort of affordable, kind of. <laughs> hey, guys. This is Corey from Los Angeles. Been a long-time listener, first-time caller. And I uh, really enjoyed the discussion about the theme of Ghostbusters, what the, the point of it was. Um, I think you guys both made great points. Um, I don't disagree with anyone, um, but I would like to touch on the fact that it wasn't really discussed about the climate of, the, um, of like America when the, the movie came out, so, or the world for that matter. We were in the middle of the Cold War uh, at the time. And uh, you know, going to the point of what uh, I believe Chris said, about the movies oddly hopeful um i can attest to that as someone growing up in the 80s uh, a kid in the 80s you know uh, if anything ghostbusters showed that the afterlife 
you know, wasn't something to be scared of. It was something that, that could be tamed. Um, in a world of, you know, fear of, you know, with the Cold War and everything, it, it was, you know, kind of refreshing to, to not to have one thing to not be scared of would be the afterlife because science can figure it out and science can tame it and science can control it. Um, I don't really know if that's a theme. I, I don't think it is. Um, I'm, I'm like Troy. I have like, you know, screenwriting 101 under my belt. Um, so I don't really think it's a theme, but I think it should be addressed, uh, the climate of, of when the movie came out. Um, anyways, that's, uh, that's my thoughts. Keep, uh, keep up the great show and uh, hope to see, uh, I guess, uh, one of you guys at uh, the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, the uh, Ghostbusters screening. So I'll be there and um, hope, uh, hope to see uh, other ghost heads there too. So hope you guys have a great day and uh, keep up the great work and uh, see you on the other side. Alice, I'm going to ask you a couple of standard questions, okay? Do you believe in UFOs, astral projections, mental telepathy, ESP, clairvoyance, spirit photography, telekinetic movement, full trance mediums, the Loch Ness Monster, and the theory of Atlantis? What are you supposed to be, some kind of a cosmonaut? What has that got to do with it? Back off, I'm a scientist. All right, everybody. So for the last half of the podcast here, we have a special guest um, that uh, we've been talking about. They've got a book coming. Uh, we've been talking about it on and off here for several months. And we're lucky enough to get him into the studio here. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Mr. Troy Benjamin. Um, welcome, Troy. Oh, oh, thank you. I'm just a longtime listener, first time caller, and I'm so <laughs> glad to be here. Um, so just to give people a rundown, uh, Troy is LA-based and Troy has a number of uh, really unique credits uh, to unique credits to his credit. To my oh, credit. I didn't think that one through. That's all right. Uh, both uh, writing books. You've written a number of things, including um, the uh, classified shield files. Yeah, the what shield declassified. Exactly yeah. Shield declassified. Thank you. I knew how to it's classify a, it's, it. I can't keep titles short. That's the problem. We've got the Ghostbusters no. Ectomobile Owner's Workshop Manual, the Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 4 declassified <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, and then, uh, as well, you do a lot of, uh, you do a lot, of, I guess technically a lot of documentary work is what your, your, your yeah. uh, credit list seems to be. Uh, yeah. uh, you just finished, I know because you mentioned it on and off on some podcast I heard somewhere uh, about uh, Citizen Jane, <laughs> Battle for the City. Citizen Jane, is, yeah. You got another one coming. You're a co-producer on Scotty and the Secret History of Hollywood. Is that is that is that about gay people? It is. It is. Okay. And that that one comes out uh, at Doc NYC in November. It was actually in the Toronto International Film Festival a couple weeks ago. Oh, that's ago. right. Yeah. That's where I heard about it because yeah. I read a write up on it. And I, I was actually kind of intrigued by that. And uh, IMDb has you down as you got your fingers in the cleaning up the town, remembering Ghostbusters. Pie, I do. Which... The Buenos could not keep me away. <laughs> basically it's is gonna, what happened. going to come on. <laughs> but what's most important uh, is that you are, I think you're in the top five of the early pioneers of Ghostbusters fan sites. Um, maybe top five. I don't know that it would be top five because there was Bill. There was There's you. Bill, me. Uh, uh, there Troy, was uh, uh, um, Stay Puff World of Sounds. Do we count that? That's not, that's kind of, I a, would, I well, mean, yeah, I mean, it was there. Yeah, sure, it was, it was earlier. I mean, technically, they're the first one, <laughs> but this but in terms true. of sites that actually talked up fan stuff, Bill Emko, uh, me, uh, Paul, 
Rudolph. Paul, yeah, Spook, uh, Spook Central's Central. been there. Uh, Chad. Chad, because it was GB. It wasn't GB fans. It was props. Yeah, and then, uh, you, well, you know, if you're not in the top five, you got to be pretty darn close. Ecto Web was uh, there. Yeah, Ecto Web. That's probably but, top. Yeah, like in the first ten or so, I want to yeah, say. But yeah. But what's very important? You had a blue iMac. <laughs> And you wanted the world to know. <laughs> yes, I did. You had a blue. You had a blue. That was iPhone. my. That was my thing. <laughs> even even um, on the first cross rip, uh, the video thing, you can see the pink slime <laughs> iMac. I don't know why I was trying to brand that, but whatever. It it yeah, happens. There you go. But you're here because uh, you have moved from uh, Marvel Agents of Shield and all this other great stuff that you're involved with. You did a book. I on did the ectomobiles. I did. Uh, so a Haynes style guide. To the Ectomobile, uh, and I guess if they if if it was you naming it, it'd be Haynes Guide to the Ectomobile, bracket and several other things <laughs> that are not Ectomobiles but are related to the movie, and we look at them as well. well Close bracket. I mean, f- fun fact: I did want to call it the Franchisee Licensing Guide or Franchisee Franchisee's Operations Guide, uh-huh. or or something along those lines, and it was too inside baseball for insight they were like what franchisee i don't what so the people are franchising and anyway yeah but this begs the question this becomes a timeline thing you pitched this idea to them then am Uh, i am i correct in assuming then that you pitched that and they kind of had some ideas in their head and they jammed you together with the haynes thing uh yeah so so okay so here's man this is weird being on the other end of this right now um so yeah well Straighten up and fly right. I know. Here I go. Here I go. <clears throat> yeah. It. Uh, so what ended up happening was I had been talking with Eric at Ghost Core about um, wanting to do one of those, um, like a visual dictionary kind of thing, or, or or building building out like a world bible, so to speak, so that everybody had that yeah. reference tome that could sit on their shelf that was. You know, like, oh, what was that in that episode? Oh, I'll just pull that off, and oh, there we go. I can look it up right then and there. Almost like a that. Yeah, that's been kind of a wish list thing for fans for quite some. Yeah, Once, I think it was Star Wars. St- yeah, Star did a Wars did a whole bunch. They did their a long time Visual like guys. the guides yeah. to the the vehicles and and things like that. Um, and and Back to the Future. Rich uh, Hanley, I think his last name. He did one for Back to the Future. This visual compendium thing that is just it's ridiculous. It covers all the cartoons and the movies and the comics and the games. And, yeah. Um. So that was my pitch and. Uh, and Eric kind of, as he does, kind of like, you know, stroked his chin was like, hmm, yeah, okay, let me get back to you on that. Um, and then uh, one of the publishing people at Sony had reached out to me and and uh, she said, you know, we're working with Insight on this book that's one of those Haynes guides for the for the Ectomobile uh, and we want to put you up for it. Are you interested? I was like, oh my God, yes, of course I, I would be interested. So... Um, so they put me up for it and started sort of spitballing some ideas. And what became clear was that just the car, just the first initial 1959 caddy from the original film wouldn't be enough to fill the entire book. And I said, well, what if we make this like a, like the guide that all of the franchises, you know, the franchise rights alone will make us rich beyond our wildest dreams. What if when you become a franchisee, this is your operations manual that you're handed, you know, uh, that, that corporate office sends out to you. That's like, here's how you need to press your collars. Here's how you need to operate your proton packs. Here's how often you need to clean out your containment units, uh, with things of that nature. And they were kind of intrigued by that. And they're like, okay, yeah, let's do that. I mean, let's, 
let's still keep it within. We want the car to be the main focus. We want this to be the Ectomobile manual, but you know, we can add in some of the gear because it would make a lot of sense. If you're going out on a call, you would need certain gear inside the car. So let's make sure that the car is always the fulcrum point for everything here. And, uh, you know, what, basically whatever they can fit in the car. So that's why I didn't, I did write some stuff up for the firehouse and we tried to sort of shoehorn it in as like, this is where you garage your car. <laughs> and it just, it was right. too much of a stretch, but, um, so yeah, so it was something that they already had in the hopper. It was already in the works and they sort of threw me into the mix for it, uh, for better or worse. I, you know, they, yeah. they were like, who's this Troy guy? Fine. Whatever. He's a super nerd. Let him go. So for people who aren't familiar with it, Haynes is a real company. It is. It's and a UK company. Are, yeah. Yeah. UK company, publishing company, and they do third party know-it-all manuals for all cars. For all cars, basically. classic cars, uh, rare, obscure cars. You know, you go into Checker yeah. Auto Parts, they have a whole rack of these so that you can go in and get something for yeah. your your 1957 VW bus. Uh, and they don't, they don't really do new stuff cause you're still taking it to the dealership. You've got your, you know, the manual that came in the glove yeah, box. Yeah. This is for, I need to get, you know, my, uh, you know, whatever Mopar type car you've got up and running sort of thing. And it, you know, you, you pull the guide out and it tells you, you know, here's, here's how the chassis went together and here's right. how this yeah. went together and blah, 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 blah. With the diagrams and the cross sections and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like old car wiki before computers <laughs> came it, along. No, that's very true. It totally was. Yeah. Okay. So, but in this case, uh, it's very clever because again, the Ecto fits that description perfectly, an old style car. And the funny part is, is now that I think about it, I kind of want to buy your book and go find the ones they made for the original caddies. <laughs> which, um, yeah, which don't exist. That was the hardest part, too. No? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you had this idea for the franchise thing. It didn't quite go that way, but they still allowed it to be ectomobiles. Right. Uh, plural. Yeah. And some of the gear that would... So it became not just the mechanics of the car. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but not just the mechanics of the car but some of the gear that was standard to it as well. Right, yeah, yeah. And is that about right? Yeah, so it became, which is tough because in in our universe, in the real world, it's easy because it's Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters 2, and Ghostbusters Answer the Call. We know that they're sequel movies, and that's why they had different equipment and different cars. But right. if you look at it when it's all in the same universe, oh, oh shit, how do we, how do we <laughs> handle this? Because why yeah. would they... So it became clear to sort of do like, well, that was the Mark one of the car. And then this was the Mark two of the car. And then, um, with, with answer the call, we just sort of, it's in the same universe. It's just designed by a different person. So it becomes the Holtzman Mark one, you know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of how it's explained. Okay. Well, let's actually, this is a good place to start. Cause I think this will be a natural question to people. You don't, you haven't merged the universes. You just don't speak of them separately, right? You, uh, how do I put this? So you are treating it, uh, you know, Sherlock Holmes style, that the universe is real. Yes. That, yeah. That the, that the, the idea of these movies is real, but even though the first two and the third are, you know, supposedly separate from one another right, as of, right. as of this recording, as of this time, Sony has not returned my many calls. <laughs> I have got a cease and desist. I know. Um, they, um, 
so you do treat them as real, that this is, the Ghostbusters are out there, this is their real equipment and all that, but at the same time, you don't try to necessarily merge it all together. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that includes not just the equipment, but you kind of, you've stuck to the movies, but you kind of, in a couple of places, touch out to like the video game and the, the, yeah. the cartoons. Yeah. I mean, there's, because the which cartoons. Is, which is, I'm amazed by Like the, the video game, I can kind of see to a point. The cartoon, I'd be like, why? Yeah. Well, like, that is so many. And they're nonsensical. It's like, <laughs> yeah. today the proton pack is made out of rubber and floats <laughs> because that's what fits the story. Yeah. And, and there's a, a device underneath the Ecto that turns it into a raft that allows it to float. And you're like, well, that doesn't make any sense. That's solid steel. Um, yeah. Uh, the cartoons we kind of allude to a little bit. And, and in fact, there's, there's one glorious, beautiful moment um, in the book that because you know, the conceit of this manual is that it's written from almost like Ray Stance's point of view. It's just this very endearing. I love all of this equipment. I'm so excited to tell you about it. Um, I've personally gone through and I've cultivated all of this information so that you as a franchisee can can operate to my specifications. You know, he's he's really excited about it. But then when you start thinking about that and you're doing the Holtzman Ectomobile, um, it's like, well, they're now commenting on things that have happened in in the reboot movie where they ordinarily wouldn't exist in that universe. So there is a comment from Egon about a particular vehicle in the Holtzman universe, which is a lot of fun, that also happens to be a nod to real Ghostbusters. So I combined three universes with one comment. <laughs> And, and I put it in there and I was like, oh man, I'm so pleased with myself. I'm just, I'm, I'm so clever. Look at me. And it was one of those things that I had to keep fighting for because I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I don't, why is he commenting on it? Why does he say that a motorcycle with a gyrocopter seems like a good idea? And I was like, oh, guys, no, no, the diehard fans are going to love this. Just please keep it in there. <laughs> so none of this is canon. But but it's rather kind of just a fun, loosely knit collection yeah, of universes. Yeah, I mean it's it's canon in the sense that it has the Ghost Core stamp of approval and and has gone through them. Um, and and I I was very the details are canon. Yeah, the details the, and the, the relationship of the of the different what do we want to call them eras or whatever is not canon. Is not, yeah. I mean, and, and the interactions are few and far between. Uh, that yeah. that Egon one is probably one of the few that, that we actually did. But because it also gets kind of murky, like why am I hearing from Egon about Holtzman's Ectomobile? He hasn't seen it yet that we've seen. But in, yeah. the, in the conceit of this manual, he has because he commissioned it. You know, he's he's approved it from the corporate offices somewhere and, and has, yeah. you know, signed off on it. So, But hey, uh, 101's out, so, you know. And now, yeah, exactly. And 101, they're still, they're kind of treading that line at uh, IDW too, where it's like, it's yeah. kind of canon, but it's not kind of canon. Yeah. All right. So let's, so, let's double back then yeah. to, now that we got a sense of how you've, you've, you've You've cobbled this unholy collection of parts together here. Uh, I mean that in the best sense. You know that, right? <laughs> uh, I tried. I tried. So you're telling me you... I mean, now that I think about it, I'm not an ectomobile guy, but the couple times I've gone looking online, details on the the stock caddies is kind of limited to begin with. You're telling me you had didn't even have any good 
like just for the base mechanicals. You didn't even have any real world. Yeah. Okay. It, so so how hard is it then to? It sounds like like I would have assumed like that's the easy part. So here's how the real world one works. This is this is how a caddy is, and all caddies are. And now we'll talk about the fictional stuff. You didn't even have much of a leg up on the real world stuff. No, and that's that's where all of the the legwork that all of the fans out there have done, like on GB fans and and the Ectomobile forums. Uh, it, it, everybody has done a lot of parts identification in order to build the replicas. So that that helped quite a bit, and all of those years of hard work really paid off. And you'll see the. The names and the special thanks on the back of the book are like a mile long, and I know I left probably a hundred people out, which is really sad, and I apologize to every single one of those hundred people. Um, but it, you know that that was the good news because what ended up happening was, you know these these chassis that um, that that Cadillac designed, they would sell off to places like Miller Meteor. And they yeah. would build their coaches on top of it. So a real, like an, a service manual never really existed because there was never an owner's manual for it in the first place. So that was part one of, I went scouring uh, Amazon and libraries and I had to go find the owner's, not even the owner's manual, but like the operations manual just for the bare chassis that they were selling. So I found that and I found it for the exact make for the for the exact uh, engine make and model that the uh, 59 caddy that we all know and love is. Uh, so I had that. And then luckily for me, it also included um, all of the operations for the dashboard and it had uh, instructions on things like tire pressure and oil pressure. And so all of those things in the book are real. All of the all of the details that I've put into you know, what you should keep your tire pressure at, um, how often you should change the engine oil, uh, what weight engine oil you should be using. That's all, God help me, that's all real. So if you want to put this in your glove box, uh, <laughs> by all means, go ahead. Um, but that that took some doing. I mean, I was I was out there with all of the classic car collectors trying to find these, these pamphlets and all of these uh, booklets that have been in glove boxes since, you know, since... 1960 something and never touched. And then they've been up on eBay for, you know, a hundred dollars, $200. Like, can I just, I need to see what's on page four. Can you just send me, send me a photo? I, I don't have the money. Um, so yeah, so that, that was hard getting all of the real world stuff in there. And then, you know, for the Ecto, for the Ecto one, a, you know, the car is not in great shape as we all know. Um, yeah, I was going to ask because as it stands, it's kind of almost been lost too. It was briefly seen in pieces, briefly in a back yeah, lot, yeah, briefly and then seen. Supposedly shipped off to. So you got to see it then. I, I have seen it. I went to the undisclosed Area Fifty One, uh, where it exists, and um, the the amazing and incredible Eric uh, and I uh, put work gloves on, and we burn them. No. <laughs> oh, that guy does his waste his money on comic books and bubblegum. Bubble gum, I know, right? Oh, you mean Eric, Eric Ghost Reich, Reich. Yeah. I got you. Right. Uh, so we we went to to this location, threw on work gloves, and went through. There's a lot of rusty parts. It's in really I bad bet. shape. I'm really hoping that the restoration goes through that uh, a lot of people have been pressing for uh, because it really does need some tender loving care. But the good news is a lot of the parts are still there. They've they've. And in fact, they, they kept everything in one place. But what we did as part of this was we pulled some of the parts out. We started cultivating things. We put them into archival boxes, um, you know, because there were like on the tail fins, the 
the the lenses, you know, the plastic lens covers for the lights, uh, a lot of them were still in there. And I'm like, oh my God, we have to make sure that these don't get crushed because these are such a rarity. Like we got to put these in a box. They belong in a museum. I was that guy. <laughs> so as we were, we were pulling out things like, um, like the proton charging tank and the, the helium, uh, the liquid helium cooling tank. And I was, we were measuring everything. We were photographing everything, um, and, and really putting that reference into it. And then we gave all of that information to Ian, who was the illustrator at Haynes. And so there's illustrations for the Ecto-1A to a T that are identical to the parts that are on the roof rack, that are the parts that are inside the, the cargo bay. Um, just that really awesome stuff. I'm just, it was such a pleasure to be able to do that. And as a fan, you have to kind of pinch yourself cause you're like, it was like an archeological dig, you know, you're at this place and you're going through, this is the Ecto-1A and yes, it's incredibly sad, the shape that it's in, but at the same time, I'm like, oh, I'm helping them restore this. I'm helping them start to build or at yeah. least build a case for rebuilding this machine. So, um, so that, that was well, probably the, the, the funny highlight. part is you're, the funny part is your book may now actually be in some way uh, uh, on hand when they do get around to the restoration. Well, I, I hope so. I mean, it's it's basically a blueprint for them because the roof rack is is completely accurate. The measurements are all completely accurate. Um, and like I say, we we photographed everything. The, the bummer is that because everything was not in the greatest of shape, none of those photos are really in the book because that's that's all part of the archival process. But yeah, um, but yeah so, so I'm hoping... You know, for people that are out there building their own Ecto-1A replicas, Sean Bishop, I'm looking at you. Um, I'm hoping that this becomes a, a valuable re- a resource, that here's where the stickers go, here's what the the measurements on the storage tube are, and, you know, hopefully you can pull that out of your glove box and be like, how, how what's the diameter on that? Oh, great, awesome. And then you can keep moving. It's not going to slow you down. No, I know, actually, you may have, okay, actually, it's it's, one question that kind of diverts into two areas of the book then, I guess. I know over the years, because packs were manufactured for different purposes at different times for different movies. Right. Uh, with the first two. Uh, obviously, the third is its own animal. Um, what arose was sort of like community consensus. Yes. That yeah. when two values didn't match up, there was discussion and then a value was reached. <laughs> yeah. So am I, question one, I guess it comes out of this is, am I to assume then that when you touched on the, the, the packs and if you had measurements, that's kind of what you went with is the community. Yeah. That's, that's really the community. I mean, this is, again, it's, it's sort of the hard work of everybody out there with right down to norm, uh, naming all yeah. of these things, you know, the end filter, the HGA, um, it's, that is all represented in there so that the sort of hive mind that has put all of these things together, even including the names, including the nomenclature, that's all in there. And then in terms of the, the accuracy, what, what's kind of happened is there's now a, there's like an official ghost core. This is the pack. This is the accurate version of the pack. And, and that's what this is representative of. Um, so, you know, and they, they did the same thing. They kind of took it from the it community is. It's, work. It's kind of from the community work and they've been, you know, with a lot of people like uh, Vincent and Sean and, and all of the, the, the prop replica builders out there who have just been pouring over every detail for years and have gotten their hands on, uh, you know, like, um, of 
It's it's funny. I know everybody's screen names. Volgus. Uh, shoot, what is his <laughs> real name? Um, but you know they they got their hands on one of Murray's uh, Venkman packs and took measurements and photos and and broke it down and molded it and you know all of that is is sort of what's represented here and so you know it's 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 tough because yeah it's when you look at any pack you kind of go well that ribbon cable is not quite right or oh that ion arm is from Ghostbusters too or yeah well technically in the first movie they had the the foam rubber over the top that kind of protected your neck. But then they also at some point in the movie put that little protector on the edge on the top too. And I think it was just a matter of whatever the scene called for. They weren't really concerned about continuity. It's like, well, if poor Harold is going to hit his head when he snaps back reacting to something, we want to make sure that he doesn't knock himself cold. So let's put a little bit of foam there and and protect him. So, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of what, the community has been building toward, you know, when you look at anybody's blueprints and plans, it's, it's still that same sort of general feeling. And, and even there's, there's some of them too, where like the PPD is a little different on ours than some of the other people's packs that you see, but it's, it's all the same sort of the, the the details are all there. All right. Mr. Benjamin, follow up question then. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes. Mm. The, there's not multiples of the cars really. So was it all really, you went through it, you measured everything and that was it. Was there any instances then similar to the packs where there was kind of some, I don't know, guesstimation or uh, inconsistencies that you kind of yeah. had to split the difference? Or? Well, and, and Ecto enthusiasts will tell you when they did the restoration in 2003, I believe it was, um, they had to, they had to change a few details on the original car so um, the light bars are a little higher than they were, and uh, obviously the the siren has been a, a point of contention with a lot of people because it's no longer chrome; it's it's spray painted. And and we even at one point tried to sort of work a story in there as to uh, you know why a particular metal uh, seeking poltergeist may have stripped the chrome off of that, and but it just <laughs> it became too convoluted, so we we nixed that. But <laughs> that's so that was yes. Stuff that only three people get. When yeah, they read exactly. The book. <laughs> like, um, you know, and and so there there are some discrepancies, um, and and that we try to accommodate for. But you know, the again, it's it's sort of become that Ecto one that is in front of Ghost Core is the official Ecto one. So we're we're treating it as such, and it's the flagship of of the uh, fleet and. So a lot of the details are based on that. And obviously all of the photos, because that is the car that we photographed, that's what that will be. So, um, but there are, there's production stills in there. So you can see the, the various changes. And there are a couple of things that uh, we, we do call out as to why certain changes were made. Um, that's, and, you know, that's all sort of in universe that I, I feel pretty proud of. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, the other problem too is, if if the Ecto One A is the Mark II of the Ecto One, why does it have a different VIN number? Why is it a different? It's it's a different body style a little bit, and it had, you know, when you open up the hood of the car and you look at the information plate on there, it's all different information. Well, because it was another production car, <laughs> you know, the yeah. movie, the movie didn't have just one car. Movie um, movie magic got in the way. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. So we had to kind of fudge over that too. So you'll. 
you'll see like when you pull up the the page for the Ecto One A, it's like, well, wait, it's got another. That's head scratcher. So that's that's one, <laughs> that's one for the uh, real world archivists that want to know the VIN number and the the original body paint color and things like that. That's that's on there. Um, yeah, there's there's little so, things we kind of had to skate by just because it's movie magic, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of. I would have been surprised if you hadn't run into anything like that. Like, actually, I guess there's an argument to be made that if there was none of that, it wouldn't be as fun the results yeah movie wise and all that wouldn't have been as much fun yeah Um, okay so obviously it sounds like this book is going to be every prop builder or ectomobile builders you know dream oh i hope so i'm sure they'll find Uh, errors but that's okay well even the ones who find errors this is i mean come on like from zero to what how depending how cranky they are zero to 85 percent like come on you had nothing and yesterday now and now all of a sudden, yeah yeah right you, and you you suddenly have something to that's most of the way there and you can argue with what however how was what about me troy <laughs> what about me <laughs> when's my um, time when's my i don't <laughs> i mean this stuff i will read through it and it'll be very interesting for me but at the same time i'm not a hardcore yeah you know detaily guy so and I mean, Haynes manuals are, I've owned a couple for old cars I've had and all that. They're dry as dust. Yeah, but exactly. you're making, it's not, it's an unholy alliance, Troy. Well, it's not yeah. really, a, it's not a Haynes guide. It's, it is a, it, it's modeled after it. It actually fulfills a lot of the same functions as any other Haynes would, a, a Haynes guide would. But at the, but at the same time, you're making a, a piece of pop culture, Merchandise, which means then, um, I mean, it has to, you know, popular, popular fun. It has to, I don't, oh my God, it's late, Troy. Are it, you following? Yeah, I follow, it has to be an enjoyable read. Yeah. I feel yeah. like you, you and I are very similar in approach because I'm not a big car guy. I, I take my car in to get the oil changed when I probably should just do it myself. Um, you know, I've, I've built a pack and I've got a uniform and, but I'm not really a huge prop replica guy. I, and I, I mean, I love, obviously because I love film and I love uh, the art direction and the production design and, and all of the, the details and things like that. So that's why I love props too, because there's such cool gear in Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's, that's half the appeal to it. Um, but then, yeah, you and I were like, okay, well, I'm, I wouldn't necessarily buy a technical manual unless it's for like a role-playing game or something uh, or Star Trek where I just want to know how stuff works. But so for me, it was, I think like the, the biggest draw to it was even as a kid, I would look at that roof rack and I would think, what does that do? What is that there for? Why do they have, when you open the side door, there's that stack of components with the analog switch device on top. What do all those switches do? I want to know what everything does. Um, and so that, that kind of became the thing that made me so delighted to do this because I finally got to explain you know, when Peter Venkman goes into Dana Barrett's apartment and he's using the Bacharach uh, s- sniffer, w- w- what is that doing? What is different between that and a PKE meter? Why is he using that to take samples and not bringing a PKE meter to take samples? Um, and, and getting to finally explain tiny mundane things like that, that's where I started to like get a twinkle in my eye and be like, oh, well, because 
scientific data, you actually have to have something tangible. And if there was an ectoplasmic experience here, he's got to be taking air samples because he needs concrete data. He's not a poor scientist, despite what Dr. or what Dean Yeager says. Um, he's trying to find he's, through scientific process everything that he can start building a case for the existence of the paranormal. And if he has a real air sample that was collected by this device, that is much more tangible than having a PKE reading that could be falsified or, or challenged. Um, and so, so being able to fill in stuff like that was awesome and it was such a joy. And, but, but these at the same time, these are comedies too. So is, is it all, yeah, dry as dust techno babble or well, and that's, do you that was the problem that was <laughs> this this is why many a page were scrapped uh, at the very beginning because uh, you're right a technical manual is not very funny so for anybody that's like ghostbusters that was a funny movie i'm going to pick up this book and then they read it and they're like boring and they throw it away um so <laughs> boring but i spent 40 dollars, so i'm gonna put it <laughs> on the shelf and never look yeah, at it i'll again. just sit up there and be a conversation piece um <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it was really tough, and so I I did a full draft that was kind of in in Peter's voice. So if it was from Venkman's point of view, it kind of had a really snarky tone to it. It was a little cynical, um, and you you start falling into all of these trappings that become really cliche. Like that helps you get girls. That helps you get girls. That also helps you get girls. And it just it wasn't reading right. Um, so I think that draft made it maybe 20 or 30 pages and got scrapped. Um, and then, uh, we took another stab at it. You know, the editor was like, I, I just, the tone just isn't working for me. Try something else. So, uh, the idea to then put it in Ray's point of view where it's very, you know, it, it, what I tried to do is harness when they go to the firehouse and as soon as he says, hey, does this pole still work? This is great. We got to stay here. You know, stay here uh, to try it out. That 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 unbridled joy that he has, that enthusiasm where it's completely genuine, that he loves everything and he's so enthusiastic. Uh, that's what I harnessed and started writing in that voice. And it started to work beautifully and it was great and everything read so fluidly and everything was working really well, but then we found it's not funny. Uh, and there was just no, there were punch, there were punches of jokes here and there. We have these little post-it notes, uh, that are like comments from people that you get a good laugh out of. But, um, but so that's when they brought in Mark Sumerak, uh, as a co-author to kind of do like a, a comedy punch to help us out because, you know, he's written for, uh, power pack and uh uh and guardians of the galaxy and you know he's he's got that sense of humor that he was able to come into it uh without all of the baggage that i had from all of the research and and all of this stuff and he was just able to be like hey that should be a joke hey that should be funny hey shorten that because that's getting too long-winded um because again when you're talking in dan Aykroyd's voice you tend to ramble on with a lot of techno jargon <laughs> So, so he really pulled that back, um, and, and just really made this, he did a really crisp editorial pass and, and, and made it really shine. So that, that helped too. So what I'm hoping is if you're not into cars, if you're not into prop replica, uh, building, you know, it is enjoyable because there's a lot of great story in there. You can follow along, you know, the, the inception of this car from start to finish and the packs from start to finish. Um, we have the operation guide for the containment unit. Like when you watch, 
My hope is that when you read this book and then you go back and you rewatch the original movie, you know why Dan Aykroyd is pushing the certain buttons and pulling the lever up at the very end. And everything now is explained because there is a procedure and a workflow there. Um, so that, that's my hope too, is that you start to see the movie in a different way because of this book. Cool. So boy, I think this is getting to the point where it's covered most yeah, everything here. I think we've got it, um, man. You cover the cars, you cover the equipment, you do talk about then wandering off into, um, I mean, how much, I guess my only question then is how much of your idea of the franchise thing survived? Like, do you wander out into the world of, um, oh God, I, I, I worked on a, uh, a game way back when, uh, for a hockey game and the NHL sent the giant binder where each page was the, the <laughs> The, the print ready, uh, yeah. photo ready for each team's logo and all that. Here's how you do it in black and white. Here's how you do it in grayscale. Here's how you do it in color. Like, did you get into that with the left, right, moogly, you know, Europe, US? Like, yeah. Where, where, yeah. Where, 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 how far did you manage to wander out into that? Like, and what kind of things did you do? And then beyond that, what things kind of fell on the floor then that were just a little too far into the yeah. Ghostbusters Incorporated manual <laughs> as opposed to a Haynes guy. Yeah, there. Uh, so, so there are a few things that, that survived from that. We do have like a um, best styles and practices for using the no ghost logo. So it, it sort of reads like that style guide that you were talking about where it's like, uh, right. and, and, and we phrase it in a way that here's how you can spot knockoff merchandise because the Moogly doesn't <laughs> have the correct uh, details in his face and he doesn't have the black background underneath and, the rotation, things like that. Um, we also talk about caution striping because I know that it is a point of contention for a lot of people. So I, <laughs> I, I put a lot of fun into that where it's like, look guys, caution striping serves a purpose. We know it looks really cool and really scientific when you're driving down the street, but there is a certain amount of taste that you have to keep in mind when you're using this stuff too. Um, the angle, the angle of the stripes is exactly 43 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. The, well, I mean, and the good news, you know, we're, we measured out the caution striping on the Ecto-1A, so you know how high that was and how high off the car that was and, and things like that. That's in the, the book. But then we also say, like, but that's that's the bottom. That's that's all the caution striping that you need. Put that on your car, put that on your trap, and then you're done. You don't need caution striping everywhere else. Um, so, so things like that, that survived. Uh, things that wound up on the cutting room floor, we did have um, – there was paperwork. So because it was a franchisee, um, manual that you initially received, it had like some stuff from, from Lewis Tully at the beginning that was like, uh, a, a liability waiver and, uh, a contract and, and, and things like that, that when we were start, we had to start pulling the page count down a little bit. So that was stuff that went right. by the wayside. And even in the back of the book, I wanted to have, because every good or uh, one of the owner's manuals always has to have the thing for notes in the back, you know, just all of the blank lines for you to jot down. Oh, I got an oil change at 50,000 right. miles, things like that. So we had those pages where we had started to hand write in, uh, just crazy shit that had happened to all of the cars. Um, and, but <laughs> the, that, that went away. pads wiring. Yes. That, that was the first one. And then past that point, it was like, uh, marshmallow detailing, uh, paid this much for exterior removal of caked on sugar and, and things like that. Um, but so that, that all went away too, but there, there are some, some things in there. Uniforms. We do have uh, a guide to uniforms and it does call out all of our great franchises out there that have 
variations on the uniforms, different colors on the uniforms. We explain why they wear the charcoal uniforms in Ghostbusters 2. Again, it was one of those things where I'm like, oh my God, I get to explain this? Awesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff that, that made it in there. I'm trying to think of anything else that was cut. The firehouses I talked about, I think we'll save that for a sequel. Huh? Question mark? Yeah, question mark. Um, yeah, and a lot of gear... <laughs> No, that's Insight's uh, architectural digest, <laughs> fake architectural digest. <laughs> yes, of oh. the fire hall. Oh man, that would be amazing. Wait, where's Eric? Let's do that. Yes, I love it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it, it's tough because we only had a hundred some pages to go from. I think it ended up being a hundred and twenty eight total, and there's only so much you can get in and you want these great cross sections and illustrations and these big two page splashes where you can pour yeah. over every detail. So it's tough. You have to leave some stuff behind. So it's you, Mark Sumerak. And then speaking of the illustrations, uh, shout out to Ian, Ian Moores. Yeah. Who, Ian Moores. who is an actual Haynes illustrator. He's the guy who actually does real engineering drawings for all of these cars. So that was a, uh, I mean, okay. that was a treat, man. That was a hoot to be working with him. And he'd be like, well, I put a magnet there. And I'm like, yeah, but there's the problem is there's a wall there. And he'd go, oh, hold on. Let me stack it. And he would like put a wall there and he would stack the magnet. And it was, oh, it was just so much fun. Well, actually, let's end off on that, that then. Um, because that's the last piece of the puzzle is, and we talked about it in recent weeks because like Ghost Core had one of the blueprint illustrations he did and all that that yeah. you went and had yeah. a look at. So- how was it? I mean, it sounds like he was. The, what I what I get from this is it. Even though worst case scenario would have been this guy does real world cars, and you came to him with this, you know, silly ghost hunting car, and he would have went, you know, <laughs> he would have turned into a straight on you sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like, or would have put just ridiculous things straights. in there, like oh, it's fueled by flubber and like <laughs> you know, yeah. But it sounds like he from a visual technical uh like like a draftsman approach he took it just as serious as you guys did kind of putting the the actual de- you know the the written details in i don't know can you just talk a little bit about cuz i think he's also going to be a big part of the book is the 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 sounds like the oh, illustrations yeah. are yeah he's he's a huge part of it because yeah i mean he he treated just as we do in the book he treated everything as if it was real so um, you know, the, I was just talking about the trap because we talk about the cartridge system for the trap, how there's a cradle and then there's this cartridge that comes out into the containment unit. Um, and so he and I kind of went back and forth about how, you know, w- what the pedal does, how the trap works. Cause he had the text. So he knew what we were talking about in terms of the laser containment grid and how it's pressurizing the ghost with positive energy and, and how it's containing the ghost. So it has to have a generator. It has to have some sort of, he put a a superconducting magnet in there. Um, and, and he was thinking through things as if he was kind of, you know, like Ron Cobb used to do for aliens. You know, if, if everything, if you see something, it has to have a purpose. And so it's not just a bunch of gack and garbledy gook that's, that's just there to look cool. Everything has been thought out. So, you know, when he, when you do a cross section of a cyclotron, uh, he's looking at a Hadron collider and he's going, Oh, I see. So you've got the, the magnet on the outside. You've got the hydrogen being delivered into the middle from here. Uh, I, I got it. I can, I can do this. And then he draws it out and it's just, it's incredible. It's so cool. Um, and then because he's a technical il- illustrator too, 
the the containment unit process that I told you about, he has these six steps with, you know, the hand and the arrows. And it says, you know, uh, upon completion of uh, your delivery, uh, make sure that you reset the lever to the upright position. And it's it's just like an airplane manual. When you get in and you've got the safety manual for the airplane, you see the hand with the red arrow pointing up and the lever is now in the upright position. Um, so he, he really thought through everything. And then, you know, he and I would go back and forth a lot, especially on the Ecto one a stuff, because there was so little reference, uh, that I would send him like, okay, here's a photo of just this corner of the centrifuge that's inside the cargo area of the back of the car. And he'd, he'd kind of draw it out and he'd be like, like this. And I'd say, no, no. I mean, it's, it's kind of got, here, let me, let me sort of outline. And I would send him a paint by numbers of the photo with arrows pointing at like, look at this knob and look at this. There's like a little caution, uh, label here that kind of makes a square. And so he would, he would make those revisions and just, he was so good natured about the whole thing. He could have just been like nerd, whatever, and, and left, left it alone. Yeah. Um, but, uh, he was, he was super <laughs> Left cool you about to it. deal with the fanboys who would have brought it Oh my it God. Yeah. And, and he was, again, he was so gracious about that because he had done an illustration of the proton pack and it looked beautiful. It was so great, but I had to say like, well, I'm sorry, Ian, that wire has to go in here. And the PPD has kind of like this sawed off, like it's, it's a cylinder, but it's kind of got like an end that comes to a point. Uh, here, take a look at this photo. And he's like, that's, I mean, you get that from this illustration. I'm like, yeah, you and I get that. But people who pour over every detail are going to look at that and be like, wrong. That's not right. So let's, let's make sure that everything is right in here so that, you know, we don't, so there's credibility to this. If it does exist, if this is being treated as a real world thing, make sure that everything is accurate. And he was, he was super cool about it. And, and luckily, um, you know, the, the, the people at Insight were nice enough to just hook me up with Ian directly so that he and I could go back and forth and, and work on those things. Because uh, I think they would have gone mad. I think they would have been like, more notes from Troy? Oh, geez. Okay. So, um, yeah, it's uh, Ian. I mean, everybody worked so hard on this book. It's 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 crazy. And and if you're listening to this, there's a good chance you worked really hard on this book, too. That's I can't stress that enough that you know, all of the crowdsourcing and all of the parts identification. And, um, and I'm, I'm hoping that I can contribute to this with this book because I identify some things that nobody out there has been able to identify. So, uh, here's, here's hoping that the hive mind will continue. All right. So official title is the Ghostbusters Ectomobile Owner's Workshop Manual, which Amazon has shortened to Ghostbusters Ectomobile. So if, if you can't find it on Amazon, that's what you're searching for. But uh, And it's by Insight, but it does have the Hanes branding. By on it. Insight, it has the Hanes branding on it. If you are in the UK, you can actually buy it from Hanes proper, which is really cool. Ooh, and, and that's Tuesday, October 24th? Tuesday, October so 24th. When you're listening to this, if you're listening to us the minute it drops, you've got about eight days to wait. Yeah, you got about, about, a, about a week. Yeah, eight days. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Right. Well, um, well, yeah. Well, thanks for being on the show, Troy. We should have you back sometime. I would love to come back. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for you anytime. Uh, just, just let me know. All right. Well, I, you know, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but boy, your voice just kind of drones. So maybe, oh, all right. Oh, we'll okay. All right. <laughs>
Right. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go, 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 go stoppers. stoppers. I'm sorry, we'll do it again. We want to hear from you. Leave us a voicemail on our calling line at 470-242-4742. That's 4702-GBHQIC. We also have a Facebook page and Twitter accounts. Spence is dead. No kidding. Just give me the address. Search Facebook for Ghostbusters. Interdimensional Crossrip. On Twitter, look for Troy at Ghostbusters HQ and Chris at Proton Charger. If you like what you hear, please take a moment to give us a review on iTunes. Be sure to recommend us to your friends. That makes good sense. Don't wait another minute. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Once again, our call-in line is 4702-GBHQIC. That ought to do it. Thanks very much, Ray. so weird <laughs> I think it went well I think it went well yeah that was great that was uh, it's it's interesting uh, being interviewed on your own podcast that's <laughs> really that's narcissistic of me to be like I'm gonna that's when you know you're a type A personality and things have gone too far <laughs> when you're being interviewed on your own podcast about an entirely yes. different project now lavish me with more praise uh, no no but you, uh, thanks, thanks for doing that, man. That was that was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, but it's your time now. It's thanks, your time. Thanks for, thanks for giving me the questions. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Too much That's to preload true. with your own questions? No, those were you. You were all over that, man. Uh, uh, well, I mean, I read bits of it. You, I, I was lucky enough to have a, a, a taste of an early look, sort of thing. But yes, yeah, and and you were God. That can't be. Uh, you were so supportive throughout the entire thing too, man. Like I'd, I'd send you something and be like, you think this is stupid? You think everybody's going to like this? Or, you know, you, you were great about things. Uh, and Eric Burnham was great. At, like, everybody just so super Eric sweet Burnham? about it. Yeah. Oh, that guy's just bubblegum and comics. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. <laughs> three, three times. Three times. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Anyhow. Just, but, if I can just, if I can just get it rolling in the real, if I can turn it into a thing. Anyways, he's going to have a blog soon that's going to be called Bubblegum and Comic Books, Bubble and he's going to show you up. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah. Uh, watching the countdown there to... I think it's... Actually, I think it might be... Oh, I have to double check now, but I think Amazon here in Canada is a day or two later than the 24th. Oh, that's weird how it, it, it happens that way, but it is... I mean, it's cool that it's worldwide, so everybody should be able to yeah. grab it, but yeah. Yeah. So please buy it. Let me know what you guys think. I'm I'm really anxious to hear everybody's thoughts on it. And if you hate it, be gentle. Just you know, I have very thin skin, guys. So just give it to me easy. I have a sneaking suspicion that part of the episodes for at least you know a few weeks after its release will turn into the 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 guides Q and A with Troy. <laughs> Troy yeah. on page fourteen, what did paragraph that mean? three. What do you mean by yeah? But that's and that's okay. I welcome those questions. But for now, it's your time, Chris. This is this is your segment of the show. This is the final thought segment. Enough about me. Enough about the book. This is it. I have no. I have no. Do I have any final thoughts? I don't really. It's Halloween, so all my thoughts are, you know, this is Halloween. Yeah. Well, your thoughts are you're figuring out your um, your mega mix for next week. That's what's. Oh yes, that's yeah. true. Actually, that did that's been going. Uh, I, I actually have a notebook 
I haven't even, uh, like I haven't uh, started any uh, final cutting and all that, but I've been making notes because I often in my head will hear things or remember, oh, I should have that song in there. And then I, it's running in my head and I go, oh, I should put, you know, this sample over top of it. So I just, I got, I got, a, I got running notes. Yes. I can't so, wait to hear it. It's, it's going to yeah. be fun. You've got, uh, you got some surprises in there. You've got some special shout outs. Uh, it's it's yeah. going to be a lot of fun. So that's next week on the show. That's right. I know you're working hard on it, so uh, hopefully you can play it at uh, Halloween parties or listen to it on your commute into work or uh, just enjoy it uh, for the Halloween season. But, yeah, your Halloween uh, pump-up uh, yeah. pump track. And uh, grab uh, last year's as well. Yes. re-listening to that one just so I didn't revisit Do any overlap. Way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think it's okay. I think it holds up. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Um, also, I want to throw out a quick shout-out. We have a couple of, of people, good friends of the podcast. Paul Higginson. want to send him birthday wishes. Uh, he's with the Ghostbusters Ireland crew, which I'm so happy that we are reaching the Emerald Isle. That was a toy, so- toy, toy, toy. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I can do. And, yeah. <laughs> no. And he turned us off. He's like, ah, oh, you guys are there. <laughs> Terrible Irish accent. Now, in my defense, I'm from the Maritimes of Canada, which is basically like the idiot cousins of Ireland. So Ireland well, is Ireland. And, and, well, hey, speaking of the Maritimes, we should shout out to them, too, because I screwed up. We were supposed to help them get the word out about their HalCon 2017 and, and kinda, I dropped the ball on that. I'm sorry, guys. But uh, Maritime and Ghostbusters. Just, and in sucking up to the 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 Ghostbusters of Ireland, I, I kind of insulted <laughs> Ghostbusters. Maritime Ghostbusters. That's sorry, like a guys. double whammy. Um, but let's let's be honest. We we're a mishmash of accents. And, it's yeah, it's true. Traditions. Listen we're, to me. Yeah. I don't even know what my accent is. Uh, <laughs> the the Welsh guys probably laugh at me all the time. Like stupid American. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, sorry we missed out uh, on Halcon, guys. But uh, go check out the photos and the videos from their event. It's it's a hoot. They they seem like a fun bunch. And uh, yeah, happy birthday, Paul. All right, I think that's gonna bring this. This is a this is a lengthy episode, and it's because I talked for my interview that was weird but cool to be to be fair 20 minutes uh was stuff you guys didn't hear of me complaining bitterly (laughs) this is also true there's a whole blade runner episode that we're gonna have to find an output for somewhere but anyway (laughs) blade runner's great and i hate movie theaters (laughs) (laughs) we'll give you an andy rooney uh, episode (laughs) that you can (laughs) uh, let's be your rant Um, Why do I have to pick my seat at the movie theater? (laughs) I never used to have to pick my seat at the movie theater, but now I have to. Um, That's pretty good. All right, everybody. Uh, Next week, you will be hearing the Mega Mix, so uh, you'll be hearing our Silky Pipes two weeks from now. But uh, have a happy Halloween from uh, all of us here at the CrossRip, and we will see you on the other side. Who you gonna call? Thanks for joining the Ghostbusters Interdimensional CrossRip. Visit us at ProtonCharging.com, GhostbustersHQ.net, and StillPlayingWithToys.net. You could be one of my two favorite shows. You're kidding me. Oh, great. What was the other one? Bassmasters. It's a fishing show. Everything you're doing is bad. You truly scare me. I want you to love it. Next week, though, Hairless Pets. Weird. Why are buckets of popcorn so large? Slimer.